Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava. And it is Monday, and I have a pretty, pretty big week ahead of me, just for uh, more personal, just being able to hang out with family and taking some time away to uh, spend with my cousin and and my immediate family and stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. So I'm pumped about that, and. It's just been a, it's been kind of a slow day reselling wise. I haven't sold anything yet, which is kind of strange for me. I usually do get a sale or two by now. And I'm thinking it's just because I really haven't listed anything new. And some of the stuff that I sold this weekend either sold out or, or I don't know. I mean, things, things change all the time with reselling. So it could be for a whole slew of reasons, but Hopefully going to get some stuff listed tonight and then see if maybe that throws a couple sales my way. And I'm going to be putting a lot of my stores on vacation mode. Now, I am interested to see what happens with eBay because I did not take my own advice last week. I got busy and then I didn't put any of my items on three-day handling time or four-day handling time. And so now I'm going to be putting them all and transferring most of them, if not all of them, over tonight and it should be interesting to see what happens. I know that throws the eBay algorithm a little bit. Um, I may set up some auctions or something like that to get some sales as soon as I get back, and maybe that could get me back on the right path, but we'll see. Um, I haven't really done this before, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, and I'll be able to kind of confirm. If I come back and I don't have any sales at all, I'll be able to kind of confirm that that is the truth, but if I do come back and I have a lot of sales, I mean, it could still be a thing. It just may be that maybe I'm selling items that are still in demand and stuff. So I don't know. I, I think that I think that there's a whole lot of things that can happen with an eBay store that we wrongly associate with other stuff. Um, but I have heard plenty of times that the items and changing everything over to a vacation mode store or changing everything to one handling time all at once can really throw eBay for a loop. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to learn how to put some other stores on vacation mode. I've never had to do that. I know Goat, it's pretty easy. And then I think on Poshmark, it's also pretty simple. I've never looked at Amazon and Mercari, so I'll have to let you know how those go. And then eBay is just going to be transferring everything to later handling times. So it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Um, And not really too much else that's going on outside of that. I mean, it it really wasn't any releases or anything today. Um really didn't pay whole, a whole lot of attention to the reselling group that I'm in. I, I buzzed in there a little bit and stuff, but I didn't see anything coming out. Um, there was one thing that I got a, I got, I was able to order and should come in a few weeks. So I'm excited about that, but I listed the item and I listed it on an eBay account and I got a message on the account. It was like, Hey, I can't believe you're listing this item. It's still for sale. And you have it marked up $80, $80 or whatever. Um, like you're a real piece of trash or something like that. I don't know. The guy was the guy was kind of tilting a little bit there. And so I like looked at it. I was like, well, and I was at this point kind of fed up with some of the some of the random things that were just going on with reselling. And so I was kind of like, you know, I really don't know what to say. And so in those sort of situations, it's very easy to kind of lash out at the buyer. And I really wanted to just say something stupid to him. Um, it really wouldn't help the situation at all. Probably would have made things a lot worse in case he reported me to eBay or I sold the item, um, to him. And then he claimed that he never got it or something. I mean, there's a whole slew of things he could have done, 
and I just ended up the only thing I did is I sent him an offer for I think one cent below the price that I had it at I just imagine that guy's probably not happy with me but um, it's important in those situations if you have um, a, a pretty big following on eBay or you have a lot of feedback or something it's important to respond to people like that courteously uh, courteously I don't know how to say the word, but whatever. Just be courteous to people. It works out a lot better in your favor, and eBay appreciates that. They know that there are some people on there that just have are having a bad day or having a temper tantrum or whatever that guy was going through. And to them, you displaying a good customer kind of uh, a good customer experience where you don't get throttled by somebody who comes off as rude or demands something absurd or, or whatever the case may be that really helps them out and so thankfully I didn't say anything back I mean they probably wouldn't appreciate me just sending them an offer of one cent below what the original price was I'm not sure how it let me send that because they usually make you offer like they usually force you to offer a certain percentage lower anyways but um for whatever reason it let me offer them something absurd and they still probably wouldn't appreciate that i mean they're not going to do anything about it but they just they don't want that um and so going forward i'm definitely not going to do that but it is something to kind of keep your keep your wits about you whenever people give you that kind of a a message or something because you're not going to get anywhere you're definitely not going to convince the person that they're wrong i mean you may feel that they're wrong i feel that they're wrong when they're upset because you're selling something for more money than it can be bought i mean that's not really that crazy of a concept but you're selling the convenience of the person either being able to get it after it's sold out or being able to find something that they can no longer find whether that be a discontinued item or maybe something that's old and vintage or maybe you're providing them a service of just finding the items and putting them together for them so that they don't have to order them all or, or go through the, the, the hassle of buying them at the store or whatever it is. And so doing these things, I mean, there's a markup with that and a lot of people don't understand really how that works. And so you're never gonna convince those people and it's important to just kind of keep that in mind because you don't want to get yourself arguing with an eBay buyer. Like I said, eBay's not gonna be pumped about that. They're probably gonna be kind of upset with you and I've never had that happen. I mean, I don't know what happens if the buyer reports you. I've never had that happen to me because I usually, I usually am just pretty cordial about it. That's just the best way to go with it. But in the case that they do report you and eBay does suspend your account or whatever, I mean, it's not really worth it. It's not worth telling your two cents to the buyer just to, um, you know, and then getting your eBay account suspended. It's really not worth that at all. And so that's really the thing that's been on my mind today I just it's something that you open up eBay you can't even believe somebody took the time to write a message like that to you where you're like you're, you're almost sitting there wondering what kind of things do you do in the day that you have this much time to write a message that you're upset that I'm listing something higher than you wanted it priced um, I mean it's just one of those things that you kind of laugh at and, and if it catches you in the wrong kind of mood and you're having a bad day or something you almost want to lash out and just let the person know what you think problem with that is it doesn't really help you out in any sort of way it's kind of a lose-lose that person gets mad and then you could end up losing because that person gets um that person could report you or, or do whatever so it's just really not worth it it's not worth putting yourself at that kind of risk or anything like that um as far as what i'm going to be doing for reselling wise this week is going to be a huge release a uh, huge week for sneaker releases I have a, I'm going to be talking about that in one of my podcasts coming up this week, but 
uh, definitely keep your phone on you, keep your computer ready because when these sort of things come out and they get released, it's going to be these shoes that are coming out this week are going to be supposedly they're supposed to come out. They've been backed up a couple times. They're going to be pretty hyped and I'm pretty pumped about them. There should be a good amount of resale value within the the sneaker market for the shoes that are coming out this week. So I'm just I'm excited for that and I'm excited to hopefully learn a little bit more. I've been talking about how I want to research and it's just been I haven't really put in the time to research because I've been doing so many other things, but I'm hopefully going to be doing that a lot more, especially this week, having some time off of work and stuff. If I'm just chilling at the beach and not really doing anything, I may just go on my phone and start doing some research, trying to find new things, maybe learning about other sorts of reselling, maybe sports cards and stuff like that. You know, I love sports and I really enjoy them. So it would be something that I would really enjoy doing is flipping sports cards. It's just there's a huge risk involved with that because you have to be right about the player and you have to you have to kind of have the capital to do it. And you have to be not afraid to invest the capital once you have a good feeling about a player and stuff. There's just a whole lot that goes in with it. And so that's something I'm going to be looking into and hopefully learn a little bit more about this upcoming week, maybe in the next upcoming few weeks, so I can start deploying that for when basketball season comes back and when football season comes back. And just just when all these sports comes come back, I've been listening to a fair amount of stuff related to sports cards, whether it be the sports card investor podcast or just reading a little bit about it. And it seems like there's going to be a huge spike in the hobby as a whole when they come back. And that makes sense because people are going to be driven up by the hype behind sports coming back for the first time. I mean, it's never been like this where things have been canceled for so long. And so people that collect cards, they're going to be super pumped. They're going to be like very trigger happy whenever it comes to eBay and buying. And so I I would not be surprised if a lot of high-end sports cards and even lower-end ones jump in value at least for a couple weeks there. So definitely a good time to get in if you can learn a little bit about it. I know Gary Vee's been throwing some stuff around on his uh, Instagram about it and just talking about the talking about the um, sports card hobby and, and really gaining getting a lot of interest in it. So it's something that I've been watching and, and seeing people kind of really follow a lot and, and getting involved with it. So I'm going to hopefully get myself involved with it a little bit more here too. And, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, I was watching, I was watching a pod, I was watching a YouTube, uh, kind of, a, it was a podcast that the guy sports card investor does. And he's, he's very good. I mean, he really knows his stuff and he was doing a podcast with, um, I don't remember. I think it was the guy who there's a guy who runs a podcast called House of Jordans and he collects Jordan basketball cards. And they were doing like a, a live YouTube stream, I think, but they also turned it into a podcast. And so I was watching the YouTube stream and the guy that runs the House of Jordans podcast bought a Luka Doncic National Treasures RPA signed one out of like 25 or something like that. Like it was super a super rare card. And National Treasures is like almost the holy grail of basketball card collecting right now with Panini. I mean, it's one of their premier cards, and it's it's one of their highest end cards that you can get, if not the highest. I mean, I think there may be some other ones, but like they are National Treasures always goes for significantly higher than like their prisms do and stuff like that. And he bought this Luka Doncic card for eighty five hundred dollars, and then got it graded by BGS, which is a grading company, and it graded a nine point five, which is which is equivalent to a 10 at PSA, which is another grading company. PSA 10s are really good, and then BGS 9.5s are like the 
the gold standard and then you can get a 10 in BGS and you can get a black label 10 I think which is like their their super super rare one but regardless it, it graded out at like the the best grade you would hope for unless you get like a a really really rare grade of a 10 at BGS and and if you don't know what I'm talking about just go look it up it's, it's pretty easy to understand once you kind of look up BGS and PSA grading there's probably a couple articles out there that can just introduce you to it. But basically, he got the highest grade of BGS that he could have hoped for for this card. And it's now valued. I mean, I looked on eBay. The only other one listed on eBay is listed at 500 grand right now. And one of these cards sold. One of these cards sold, I think it was a BGS 9. So 9 is like a significant drop off from a 9.5, which is crazy. You wouldn't think half a point means anything, but it means, it means the world to collectors. And... A BGS nine in this card sold for thirty-five grand, I think, in April. So like mid corona, like everything was down. Like nobody was like nobody is spending money. Everybody's freaked out. Stock market's down. And people are like early April, somebody bought this card for thirty-five grand. So I can't imagine what the card is worth right now, but just to think spending eighty five hundred dollars and turning it into potentially the only other one listed on eBay right now is 500k. That's it's crazy, and and so the uh, the fact that sports cards are super risky also means that there is a high potential for profit. You just really got to know what you're doing, and oftentimes that high potential comes with a super high risk. I mean, if Luca didn't pan out, if Luca broke his leg at the beginning of the season, like that's what you're banking your money on. You're banking on Luka Doncic not breaking his leg at the beginning of the season or, or doing something stupid and spraining his ankle and he can't play or, or or maybe he tears his MCL or whatever. I mean, you're banking on him not getting injured. And if he gets injured at the beginning of 2019, he doesn't go out there and do what he did this season. And that card is not worth $8,500. It may have gone down in value. I mean, most likely would have dropped. Well, I don't know what it was at the beginning of the season, but the point is it wouldn't be worth 500 k which it is right now, or or listed at that even it may be listed significantly lower than that so it's just something to keep in mind i mean it's a huge risk there are huge rewards with it and so that's why i've been super tentative to get involved just because i'm not throwing around not throwing around eighty five hundred dollars at a clip i mean i'll tell you that much it's not something that i'm very comfortable doing nor do i have the capital to do that and keep making money on ebay and so it is just it is something to kind of keep in mind that it is much riskier, but the rewards are very, very heavy right now if you can get in. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to go and I'm going to hopefully look up a little bit more about sports cards tonight my, in my downtime when I'm shipping stuff, if I make some sales and stuff like that, or when I'm just getting dinner ready or something and try and learn as much as I can. There's just so much info out there. If you can jump on the Sports Investor Podcast and listen to that after you're done listening to this one, uh, you'll learn a lot of information there too. I'll try and share everything that I learn as I keep learning, but there's just, it is a whole nother world out there to get involved with. And quite frankly, I mean, with things being shut down right now, thrift stores being down, you never know what could happen. Sports cards have a huge potential to really spike, especially in the upcoming months. Um, and they're really something that is, is intriguing because one, I love sports, and two, there's just, there's a lot of money in it so uh it looks fun it sounds like fun and i've seen a lot of people have a lot of success with it so that's really what my my little spiel is today i didn't really think about going into sports cards that much but it was something that i've been researching a lot so i just really wanted to share that with you and hopefully you guys can take something from that and learn from it maybe look up some stuff about sports cards and 
I'll see you here tomorrow. I'll get with you on another podcast to hopefully bring you some more info maybe about sports cards or whatever kind of stuff I come across on eBay related or reselling news. So I'll get with you guys tomorrow. You guys have a good one and I will bring you another podcast. Peace.